This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. The world is enormous. There are places humans have never laid eyes on, and where modern technology has never reached. Though we have charted much of the globe over the centuries, there was a time when certain areas we know today were considered exotic, places where the cultures were so different that when someone from one of those lands stepped foot in the West, they caused quite a stir. Enter the man from Formosa. During the 18th century, his story was one of mystery and intrigue. He had been kidnapped by a French Jesuit from his home in Formosa, a country off the coast of China. The missionary had whisked him back to Europe to convert him to Catholicism, but the man from Formosa worshipped the sun and the moon instead, so he refused to convert and was jailed. He escaped before being captured again, then got away once more and fled to the Netherlands. Dutch soldiers who apprehended him attempted to convert him to Calvinism instead, but he continued to resist. That was, however until he met Alexander Innes. Innes was a Scottish priest whose sermons captivated the man from Formosa. After a short time, Innes successfully converted the young man to Christianity, baptizing him with the name George Salmanazar. Of course, he didn't only do this out of the kindness of his heart. George gave Innes a unique opportunity to demonstrate his talents to the upper ranks within the church. He soon brought the man to England, where he presented him to the Bishop of London, who introduced him to the rest of English high society. George was never truly accepted as one of them. He was treated as something to be studied, but his status as a curiosity nevertheless made him the talk of the town. He was never without an invitation to a party or a soiree, speaking in his native tongue and regaling folks with stories about Formosa. He talked about its capital, Externesta and how the Formosan men didn't wear clothes. They just walked around with a plate made of gold or silver covering their nether regions. They also practiced polygamy, but if a wife was ever caught cheating on her husband, he claimed that their husbands could legally eat her as punishment. The tales were fascinating, but something about George rubbed a few people the wrong way. Well, actually, there were several things about him that drew questions. For one, he didn't look like he had come from another land. His skin was pale, and he had blonde hair. According to him, that was because he had lived in an underground dwelling to avoid the intense heat in the region, so he hadn't been exposed to the sun very much. There was also his language, which didn't sound like anything anyone had ever heard before. Its alphabet was comprised of only 20 letters, and was outlined in a book George published in 1704, describing Formosa and its customs. The book only made him more popular, 
and even led him to a job at the University of Oxford, lecturing and translating religious texts into Formosan. Alexander Innes, however, knew the truth about George Salmanazar. He knew everything except his real name. George didn't actually hail from Formosa, otherwise known as modern-day Taiwan. He'd been born in France around 1680. After literally bumming around Europe as a young man, he realized that he could make a pretty good living pretending to be from an Asian country and asking strangers for help. Inez had seen through the ruse early on, but went along with it anyway to boost his chances at a higher position within the church. After all, he'd been the one man to convert the mysterious man from Formosa to Christianity. Others had their doubts, but nothing was made official until 1706, when he let everyone in on the secret. It got to a point where he just couldn't explain away the lies anymore. Despite his imposture, however, his Formosan alphabet still found its way into language texts for at least another hundred years. George died in 1763, after which his final book was published, Memoirs of Blank, commonly known by the name of George Salmanazar, a reputed native of Formosa. But he took his real birth name, and why he did what he did, with him to the grave. All he left behind was a legacy built on lies, mixed with a pinch of cannibalism. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. One of the biggest steps in a couple's relationship is finding their first home. It might be a small apartment in a big city or a modest house in the suburbs. No matter the size, however, it is a place that will be filled with love and memories, a home in which to build a life together. But sometimes... The perfect residence doesn't exist. It must be built. For Jose Peronella, his love for his wife and his love for another country led him to one of the most beautiful and unique homes ever constructed, with one heck of a water feature. Peronella was born in the northeast of Spain in 1887. 
He spent a lot of his time as a child with his grandmother, who told him stories about Spanish nobility and the beautiful castles they lived in. These tales stuck with him as he got older, especially as he started to earn his own money. Jose had a dream to buy a castle of his own one day. When he was 26, the newly engaged Perinella answered a classified ad. It was looking for men to work the cane fields in Australia. He saw it as a way to build a life for himself and his future wife. So leaving his fiancée behind, he hopped a boat to Sydney in July of 1913, then migrated north to Queensland to scope things out. Then he spent the next several years earning a living tending to the cane fields there. And he hated it. His hands ached constantly, and he developed blisters. But the more he worked, the more money he made, which he squirreled away as he dreamed of his castle. Eventually, he saved up enough to start buying his own cane farms, which he then built up and resold for a profit, earning considerable wealth in the process. It was during this time when Perinella stumbled upon a beautiful tract of rainforest near a waterfall that had been untouched by human hands. He knew that this would be where he would build his castle, but he couldn't do so without his fiancée by his side, so he returned to Spain, only to find that she had married someone else. Refusing to go back to Australia without a companion, he asked Margarita, his ex-fiancée's younger sister, for her hand in marriage instead. Margarita agreed, and a year later, in 1929, the couple sailed back to Australia. Perinella then bought the land, waterfall and all, where he planned to build his castle. He started by installing a grand staircase of 47 steps to help him move materials from one level to another. From there, he constructed a stone cottage for him and his bride to live in while he worked on the rest of the castle. The cottage even had indoor plumbing, a first for their part of Australia. Perinella used concrete, made with sand from a nearby river, to build the castle of his dreams, a castle inspired by the ones his grandmother used to tell him about. It featured a ballroom, a tower, balconies, twin staircases on each side, and balustrades along the various edges, held up by ornate balusters. Again, all made from concrete. There was even a theater inside the castle, as well as refreshment rooms and an outdoor fountain. Around 1933, Perinella installed a major upgrade to his home, a hydroelectric plant, which got its power from the churning water of the falls. Perinella Park, as it was called, officially opened in 1935 to great acclaim. Jose and Margarita hosted many parties, fundraisers, and dinners there for local residents, especially the Spanish community living in the area. When World War II brought U.S. soldiers to Australia, Perinella Park became a kind of resort for the troops. They spent their downtime swimming in the local waters and eating food made by Margarita with homegrown herbs and vegetables. Unfortunately, the castle had been built on a precarious location. A railway bridge upstream was destroyed by a pile of branches and logs in 1946, sending debris crashing down toward Perinella Park. The refreshment rooms, theater, and hydroelectric plants were all damaged in the process. And even though those rooms were eventually fixed, the following years brought all kinds of disasters upon the home. Tropical storms, fires, and floods all took their toll on the house built with love by Jose Perinella, who died of cancer in 1948. His family did their best to keep up the property well into the 1970s before finally selling it in 1977. Two years later, a devastating fire tore through the park. When it was finally extinguished, only the concrete structure remained. Everything else, including the interiors, had been destroyed. Today, Perinella Park stands as a ghostly anomaly in the middle of the forest, 
Its stairs and walkways are covered in moss, as though the environment is slowly trying to reclaim the property for itself. It's a testament to human engineering, one that desperately tried to exist alongside nature and failed. But its continued existence is a reminder that hard work and dedication can pay off, and that a couple's first home doesn't have to be a cramped one-bedroom apartment in New York. It can be a concrete castle in the middle of the forest, just waiting for love to turn it into a home. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.